What's going on, everybody? Before we get to the podcast, I just want to let you know, if you're looking for a great film to watch this weekend, you can check out my award-winning feature film, Sincerely Brenda. It's available on Amazon Prime and Tubi TV for free. So go ahead and check it out. You won't be disappointed. All right, now let's get to the podcast. Welcome to Life Beyond the Lens, the podcast where we talk to artists about the things that push them, motivate them, and inspire them to create. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host, Ken Nelson, and today we got a special show for you all. Um, You know, usually I have filmmakers on the show. That's what the show is about, right? Living life beyond the lens as filmmakers. But um, I met this brother and uh, he wrote a book that really inspired me. Um, He's not a filmmaker, but this book touched me in a way, and I think that it will be inspirational for um, you all listening to this show. And so I want to welcome Keith Tate on the show today. Uh, what's going on, Keith? What's going on, brother? I'm uh, very uh, delighted to be on the show. Thank you for the intro. That was the first uh, special show that you're doing, you know, outside of uh, filmmakers. Oh, man, I appreciate you being on, man. And, and before we get started, started, like in this conversation, all of you, I want you all to um, to just Keith wrote a book called Black Fatherhood, My First Two Years with Kai. So this is, this is your, your first child, a son, and you wrote a book about the first two years of fatherhood. And so this is why I have him on the show, y'all, because I bought the book, I read the book, and, you know, I have a son that is two. And, man, let me tell you. Everything in this book is relatable. Like I was laughing, I was emotional. I was like, "This is just a really great book, man." And what I love about it is the fact that it's—I mean, it's so relatable and down to earth. And it's like a, a really fun read, and it's an easy read too. You know what I'm saying? And you said you said like on the back of the book that you know you did research and you read books that were like too long or too detailed, and just didn't connect with you. And I and I understand that completely, man. And so. Um, we're going to dig into this book, but I just want to say to my black fathers listening to this podcast, and you may not even be a father, you're thinking about it. Um, this is a great read. Um, man, I just, I just can't wait to start talking about this, bro. So let's first, let's, let's, (laughs) let's, let me first ask you, um, why did you decide to write a book on black fatherhood? Uh, man not an easy uh, answer, man. It's so many answers. So many uh, things took place that led me to, to write the book. Um, one, uh, just, just kind of being in a, uh, a space like mentally and emotionally where um, just thinking about uh, the longevity of like my life or my son's life and uh, wanting to like create something like special for him, you know, and for myself, just to maybe it was validation for my own self, you know, like, hey, I can, uh, you know, start a project and finish it. You know what I mean? Something that was like heartfelt and something that would be here, you know, after I'm gone, you know, um, my uh, Kai's mother, my girlfriend, she has like a, you know, um, a degree, a college degree. I don't have one you know, and, um, this felt like my college degree in a way, 
you know, where uh, I can show this to my son and say, look, this is what your dad did. Like you can, you know, do anything you put your mind to, you know, um, there was other factors. Uh, I'm a big like Nipsey Hussle fan and his uh, passing really um, kind of like resonated with me um, and his entrepreneurial spirit and just looking at those things, man. And, you know, with you being a filmmaker, I mean, think about someone like uh, just John Singleton and even Spike Lee for that matter. I mean, he hasn't passed, but like he's created stuff that's going to be here forever. Right. right. And that really just, you know, um, like I said, just resonated with me, man. And, and really spoke to me that I wanted to leave something here for my son um, as well as others, you know, cause it just gets back to like, what's your purpose in living, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, over the last few years, man, it, it really has hit me hard on, um, legacy and purpose and how uh my son is gonna view me you know mm-hmm. um after i'm gone what's he gonna say at my funeral <laughs> you know what i mean so mm-hmm. um, but there like i said there's a lot of different reasons man but uh, those are just some of the um top reasons of why why i did it yeah man i was gonna say it's a legacy project and you said something in your book that that um you said something basically about, you, you know, like a kid, a child, when you have a child, like you start thinking about your mortality a lot. Yeah. You say here, I'm terrified of my death before we have endless memories shared together. You know, yeah. many, many days I am scared. I'm scared because I'm excited to be with you. I've never known love like this. You're not even two as I write this. So now that's real, man. And I think it's like a whole different level of like your existence, realizing like, wow, my existence is, I, I have an end date. And then, yeah. I, and I think about like, I think I look at them, man. A lot of times, like, I just about every day I look at them, and I just sometimes I don't know if you ever do this. I fast forward to like maybe when he's a teenager, and then I fast forward in my head to when he's like grown and he's done something or accomplished something, and I and I can see it and I can feel like being proud. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I get nervous. I'm like, well, what if I don't? What if I don't see that, man? Right. Like, or I'm right. like, man, what if I what if I die and like. I don't want nobody else raising my kid. I don't want no other man like raising my son. I don't want, you know what I'm saying? And, and so it's just like crazy, man. All these thoughts. Right. And you want to make sure like you're, you have the opportunity to teach your son certain things, mm-hmm. you know, like they like said, when they're, you know, preteen, teenager, young adult, like you want to be able to have those conversations with your child about whatever it may be you know um and yeah like it's definitely a scary feeling man just thinking about those things and um yeah i probably think about it way more than i should more than i want to yeah you know but that's just the reality uh uh of you know my life right now since kai was born or just like all right man like life is serious now Mm -hmm. not that i was like not that i was uh okay with dying before my son was here but now I'm really like terrified. Like, yeah. man, I can't, like, I can't. I gotta see, I wanna see like our family grow. I wanna see my son grow and, you know, experience um just him and being a father, you know. So my wife and I, man, like we've really we've been talking a lot about legacy and a lot about protecting our financial future. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because we can't again, we're not gonna be here forever. And he how can we set him up, you know? 
How can we set mm-hmm. him up? And that's the biggest thing we've really been talking about it because man, it's crazy. Like we, we just realized how uneducated and uninformed we are about a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking to someone the other day and we're saying, you know, we, we, we've, do, we, we've done better than our parents, right? We have to make it better for our son, you know, so that he can be better than us. So, so what can we do to be better so that we can put him in a position to be better? But, um, but talk about that, man. How, do, how, how does that feel like seeing your son and knowing, okay, I have to put him in a better position than I am? Right. It's like a, it, you know, to me, it feels like a, a good pressure, you know. Um, it, it's definitely in some other, maybe for other people, it might be, you know, a, a bad type of pressure or anxiety. Um, I probably felt some type of anxiety before, you know, maybe especially when he was first born or if I was going through some hard times, you know, um, he just turned three. So, you know, there's been some times that's been a little rough on my end um, as far as, you know, uh, not sure if I'm not sure if I'm able to provide everything he needs, you know, uh, for his future. Um, But yeah, like that stuff. I mean, when he was born, like I can't remember how many months into how old he was, but I went and got life insurance. Fine, mm-hmm. you know, for the first time, like, I got to get life insurance. But then I got it for, like, $250,000. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, just recently, over the last, I don't know, several months, I was just like, man, I need to up my life insurance. Mm-hmm. Like, he need to be set up, set up. You know what it was? I think I was listening to Eric Thomas' uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. I was listening to his podcast, and it was like, man, you need to have a million dollar life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't got a million. I got 750 now, mm-hmm. but like, I'm like, no, nah, he need to be set up, set up. Like we, what you were just talking about with, you know, with your wife, um, mm-hmm. just securing like their financial future, just everything, getting them ahead in life, you know, for whatever um, comes and for the family just in general. So mm-hmm. it, it, like I said, like we talked about, man, it, it makes you think outside of yourself. Having a child makes you think outside of yourself. And part of the reason with the book that I tried to convey, I think it was in the well, it was in the beginning of the book mainly, is for teenagers, young yeah. adults, to think outside of themselves. Don't wait until you have a child and like you're forced to think outside of yourself. And some people, even when they have a child, don't think outside of themselves. But if you're a teenager, young adult, like you need to think outside of yourself and realize like, yeah, like there's another human being about to be brought into this to this earth, which is, I know 2020 is even worse, but like earth, you know, it's a scary place. You know, we have to, you know, we're ultra, ultra like vulnerable as parents, you know, because we have to like, you know, we take our son to daycare, you know, we take him just even to grandma's house or cousin's house to play. And you're not there to watch them every single second to make sure everything is okay. And so, you know, it, you know, it leaves us, you know, in a vulnerable uh, state. Um, And again, I, I tried to write the book so that people understood the seriousness of having a kid male female doesn't matter age it doesn't matter it's just you know bringing another child in is is serious business and impacts your whole life and so that's why i really try to convey before i got off the you know kind of everyday 
life of, you know, the good stuff, the rough stuff and so on and so forth, you know, and the funny things and, you know, all the loving times in the beginning of the book, I really try to hit home. Like this is, this is a serious life you're trying to enter into or you may enter into and you're not knowing. Yeah. That's, and, and I love it, man, because, well, I'm going to read two um, parts, not, not a whole lot of it. I don't want to give too much away, but I'm going to read this part here. Um, and this is a letter to, from, uh, from the uh, part of the book, a letter to all. And part of it, it says, you may be reading this because you have a child or you're thinking about having one, or maybe you're a teenager, young adult, and someone suggested you read this. Whatever the reason, it's important to know that being a father is not a game. And I'm moved down to the next paragraph. It says, I am not suggesting to not have a kid or be scared to have your child that's on the way. I'm not here to say that having a kid is bad or awful. It's just that real life hits hard. Like, and so what I love about this book, man, is, you know, when we, when we found out we were pregnant, you start getting the books, you know, and you're reading through the books and it's talking about what to expect and all these things that you want to do. Different and, trimesters. Different trimesters, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and even like reading about it, the, the thing that I love about this is you don't sugarcoat it. And a lot of times I, I, my wife and I, a lot of many times we're like, just yesterday we were just saying we didn't think child like having a child would be this hard like you know you hear about people say oh it's difficult and blah 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 but people don't like a lot of times give you like the nitty gritty mm -hmm. and i think people don't want some people maybe you may forget or some people may be ashamed to like talk about it mm -hmm. it's difficult and we'll get into some more of this what makes it difficult but but uh i love that you you talk about so much, man. And I, I just laugh at some of these things like, like, you know, being a father is, is watching your son cry. And I know what to do. And you don't know why, you know, you exhausted all options to get him to stop. Like, you know, being a father is getting spit up and vomited and drew it on. This is funny, but it's like being a father is praying every day on your way to daycare. You know, being a father is waking up every hour or so for milk and breastfeeding sessions for months on end. Like you got, man, there's so much stuff in here. That's just so, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's dope, man. And you don't get this in a lot of books. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's, it is kind of like a cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it is, you know, if you are a father, like I'm reading this and I'm just like, yo, I'm not alone. Right. Right. Yeah. Talk about your process. Cause you know, again, like with this, with, with filmmaking, you know, with this podcast, we talk a little bit about the, when I say life beyond the lens, it's, it's, all the emotional things is going on outside of doing the art, you know, but it's also a process that we go through with the art, you know what I'm saying? And so um, what was the process for writing this? Were you journaling as all this was happening? Were you, were you taking notes? Like talk about your process. So when I first started, so let me just take you, let me take you to the scene real quick. I, so I'm a realtor. I'm in real estate. I've been in real estate for uh, like 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, but during the winter time of, I think, 2018, like business slowed. I wasn't doing some of the things I needed to do to, you know, make deals happen and so on and so forth. So I needed to get a job. I, I needed some income. Like mm -hmm. daycare doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. They ask for that money every single week. So I got a job. Um, and job was great like the employer was great however like i hated the position and the training and all that type of stuff it was a great job though like like just in general 
And um, I hated it there. Like, <laughs> I hated it. And I think a little bit before I got the job, I started, like, toying around with the idea of writing the book. And I just, um, for a long time, the title of the book was called, like, being a father is and that wasn't even real, the real title but that's just kind of what i was always going with was being a father is being a father is and just trying to describe everything that i was going through so what i did sometimes was i um would look through my pictures on my phone to help like even dog my memory of like oh man this time or that time this is what kai did or, this is what i was going through and um then every now and then i i would yeah start like putting like little notes maybe in my phone like oh yeah i remember when kai did this or i remember when kai did that but like the pictures that you see in the book those were like just real photos those weren't photos where i was like oh i think this would be cool for the book like <laughs> they just happened to me we just me and my girlfriend just document everything in a sense just because we want to look back at this on these times we you know probably like every week we'll like once a week look back at when he was four months old i'm like oh I remember him he didn't have no hair and he was doing this and so on and so forth we can still see his spunkiness even at four months you know and so that was and so getting back to that job situation so in the beginning of the book remember the job posting yeah 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 section i wanted to talk about that too because that was that's that's real too <laughs> yeah so when i'm in training at this job that i couldn't stand i was doing like a lot of notes for the book like mm -hmm. just scribbling out like ideas and like concepts and so on and so forth and one of them was just because i was like Yo, i hate this job i need to find another one it just kept going just like i'm sure with you with you know films or shows or anything like that you get an idea and it just keeps spiraling mm -hmm. into what it becomes mm -hmm. and so that's how it was with that job posting section in the book is that i was literally in training not paying no attention to whatever they was talking about jotting down in my journal um like i put job posting and then just thinking about like yo if it said a father needed a father wanted what all comes <laughs> you know what i mean for that job description and um but yeah my process really was just every now and then just writing down notes but really like looking back at pictures i was in my phone mm -hmm. and just it just jogging my memory and then like yeah if he does something that's crazy or just something that to me that was semi-memorable yeah like i'll just make a mental note of it maybe jot it down later like in a super super rough draft that i probably have in my google docs you know mm -hmm. um but yeah, and it was a situation too that I I loved, and I don't know how you feel as far as like making you know films, um, is that I didn't put myself on a strict like timeline or deadline. Mm -hmm. Like only every now and then I would like I'll like go hard for like a week or two, just really hammering stuff out. But then I'll stay off for like two weeks without writing stuff. Cause I didn't want to force anything mm -hmm. and obviously things were still happening with him and like I'm learning and going through things. So, um, it was good to, you know, still just kind of like it be a, uh, a situation that I didn't like put pressure on myself and like mm -hmm. force something out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, you have, um, the job posting thing you're talking about in the beginning of the book. And it's funny cause you know, when you think about parenthood, 
again, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, but people don't really tell you what the real, the real, real is. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, so, so it was saying, do you, do you want a rewarding job where you have a limited potential, but you steadily lose money in the process and <laughs> hard work is mandatory, no days off, sleepless nights, you know, you, you go uh, during your break, should you take a nap, Netflix and chill or put out a fire in another area of your life, such as doing dishes, laundry, moving the yard, cooking. I mean, this stuff is, just, it just never ends, man. Just think about it. Like there's so many times me and Tasha will be like, man, should we take a nap or should we like fold these clothes? Yeah. Should, should we enjoy just one another, just watching TV for a second? Or should we do these dishes or go mow that lawn? Or, Hey, we need to go to the grocery store. Like, just the decisions you like real life decisions that don't seem like they should be real life decisions right right are just on full display all the time man that time becomes so precious man like when he goes down for 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 sleep at night it's like you know do watch a movie do we just like spend time with each other you know time becomes a precious commodity man you say something here too that being a father is knowing you have all the control but also knowing that the majority of the time you have none at all this is the biggest thing for me to like come to terms with. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it, 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 it's, it's a it's a crazy dynamic, isn't it? Like yeah. it's a crazy. We, we were just talking uh, tonight about it. That so my son is very energetic, right? Mm-hmm. Very yes. energetic. Mine too. And so my girlfriend, she you know she wants pillows all over the couch, right? But my son just loves to like throw them, just just do everything with them and she can't stand it, you know? And we would both get on them, like stop throwing the pillow, stop knocking off the pillow, stop running around with the pillow, stop hitting the dog with the pillows, all those <laughs> things. Right. And, but after a while, I just got, got tired of it. Like, man, I'm not about to keep wasting my energy with that specific thing any yeah. longer. Yeah. And she was still like beyond them. Like, and I'm just like, I'm, and I finally just said, you know what? I'm taking these pillows and putting them in the basement. On, on the couch basement. So he don't even see the pillows anymore. And I don't got to worry about her tripping anymore. And so, but that's one of the parts where you don't have any control. Like you right. do and you don't. Like, right. it, it, it's a, you know, uh, interesting dynamic, man, of just, yeah, like you are the father, you have like the authority, you're the parent, but then like you're adapting, almost compromising yeah. in certain, certain ways you know, to, uh, you know, uh, to raise your son, you know, and then I don't know how you are as a father, but, you know, sometimes I'm extremely soft as far as like, I'm the one that's the big baby where I'm like, nah, he can come sleep with us, you know? Um, so, but yeah, so it's just, uh, you know, interesting dynamic, man, tough, tough trying to navigate it. As we learn more, you realize, okay, this is a child, you know, a toddler, but they are brilliant. And they're taking things in that you may not realize they're taking in, you know, they're, they're watching how, you know, I interact with my, with, with his mom and how she interacts with me. When it comes to discipline, it's like, all right, you have to understand like, okay, at two cognitively, like they're not all the way there. Like, so there's, so my wife always like, she, she always get on me. Cause sometimes, cause our son, sometimes like he, he acts older than what he is like, and he's mm-hmm. tall. So it seems like he's older than oh, okay. two. Yeah. So it's just like, okay. Like he's two. She's like, you can't, he doesn't understand what she's, he can't reason that right now. 
which you're telling <laughs> you've got to remember he's two. Yeah. And so I catch myself a lot. So I find myself sometimes difficult with discipline because like you say, you don't want to be too hard. And you got to mm-hmm. understand too that, okay, he doesn't, he's not doing this to me on purpose. Like he's not like right. growing. He can't control his emotions like he that. He can't control his emotions like that. And then sometimes you're like, okay, you, you know what you're doing, but you still don't know yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so I always have to check myself as a disciplinarian. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, we sometimes say, don't yell, but then we're yelling at him, you know? Mm-hmm. Or it's just like, don't hit. But then it's like, if he swing at me, I may tap him and I'm saying, don't hit. And so he's right. like, but you just hit me. So and we were just having this conversation. Like you're teaching him, you're Man. teaching him like how to do the wrong things. But then it's just, but it's so hard as a, to, to, to make those adjustments on the fly. Yeah, it, it definitely is a, a, you know, a struggle to, again, just navigate the whole, because, yeah, there's no perfect dad. There's no perfect right. mom, you know, none of that. And there's, as everyone says, there's no, like, manual to, like, raise your kid, you know, like, you just, you got to just try to love on your kid as much as possible, learn, understand, and, like, grow through different experiences. But, no, we go through the same thing for sure, like, and, I, I know one of the things I definitely, you know, I would I, I do want to keep improving on, you know, just trying to discipline him the right, what we feel might be the right way. And I know that one thing I do always do is I always come back and love on him after there is type of discipline. Like, yeah, he might get, you know, tapped on his legs, but then I'm like hugging him, like, you know, we're still best friends. I love you. You know, you know, I just, daddy needs Kai Kai to listen, you know, or daddy needs Kai Kai not to hit or to throw or <laughs> do whatever, you know. Um, and Tasha's done a really good job. Like, she really makes him like lift his chin up, look at her in the eyes and say, like, yes, ma'am, all those things. And it's gotten to the point just in overall, like, yeah, he'll even like apologize to us just off rip. Mm. without us even having to, you know, do anything, you know, as far as like, hey, go to your bed, go to your room or, you know. Um, so it, it's tough trying to navigate, man, because you also, you know, you don't, or me, I, speaking for myself, I don't want my kid to be that, like, spoiled kid or, like, that didn't have any type of, like, discipline or felt like he could always get over on us, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm always scared of that, of, like, all right, we don't be hard on him. He's probably gonna think like he can always get away with stuff, right? You know? um, right. So you know it's tough, and that was one of the reasons, honestly, man. I, yeah, I didn't put it in the book, but initially I wanted a girl. Mm. I, like every, that's every, real. Every male, wants a, every male wants a son, and yeah. ultimately, I mean, I did too in the you know heart of hearts, but I wanted a daughter because so I, I could not, so I wouldn't be the bad cop. I would just always be, nope. This is daddy's little girl. I'm not gonna like, you know, be hard on her. Where I know if I have yeah. a son, that's which is probably sexist, but just one of the things that we have to just try to, I don't know, do better at. But I just knew if I had a son, like I was going to be harder on him than I would if I had a girl. Yeah, no, that makes sense, man. I think. I, I wanted, I think I wanted a girl too at first for the same reason. Let me, let me, before I say that, let me ask you this. Did you, um, did you have, was your father in your life? Did you grow up with your father? 
Yeah, I had my stepfather and my father the whole time. So, so yeah, I had my father, and so, I, and I say that I say that to say like just just because having a relationship with my father, like you know, and there's certain things that you know as you get older, it's like you start butt heads with stuff, right? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, and yeah, and so there was a you couple start times, feeling yourself, there's, right? There's a point that you start feeling yourself. My dad and I butt heads, you know, quite a few times, you know, into my like early adult years, older adult years and, and teen. But I think my fear was like, how am I going to react? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not the type of dude like just period where I'm not like super confrontational. So I had those fears, man. And I'm like, I want a girl because it's a girl. Well, maybe her and her mama had issues, but. Yeah, they can have the issues. They can have the issues. Daddy's going to be here to hug them. Right, right. Tell her everything's all good. Right. And so it's i don't i'm just i'm just blessed and happy like i i thought it, i was just like yo i'm happy you're healthy and I'm, I'm happy and so i see so much of myself in him and things is crazy and i and also i think the third thing i was afraid oh it's gonna be it's gonna be mama's boy like mm. he ain't gonna care nothing about me and it ended up being kind of like he didn't become a daddy's boy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. he's a daddy and mama's boy but it's kind of like right. it, it's not what i thought it was gonna be you know, but that's so, that's because of you, though. You know, that's because of you. So what, what do you mean? Meaning like because you're super engaged, super, you know, present with your son so that, you know, I think the whole mama's boy thing, you know, really came from because of society of most of the time. Daddy's working. Right. Right. Daddy doesn't show the emotional or emotional maturity doesn't show his emotions towards his his kids Mm, mm. and so that's why in most of the time not in every circumstance but majority of the circumstances is yeah the mother is the emotional bonds Mm -hmm. just through and through it's not split Mm -hmm. you know because the same thing with you know me and my son and and tasha like he he gravitates towards both of us, you mm-hmm. know, like there's not, I don't feel like he's a mama's boy and I'm sure she's probably jealous that he ain't a mama's boy, <laughs> right. you know? Um, so, and it's, it's funny because like we have a name, like he said, he says like, mommy, dad, mommy, dad, mm-hmm. like, it's like, we're as like one, one. like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like so many times he like, mommy, dad, mommy, dad, like, it is weird, man, but I think it's really a testament to you of why or any fathers that are emotionally involved with their with their child so that they're not seeking that or just only getting that emotional support from their mother. Yeah. No, that's good, man. I never thought about it that way. And that's 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 good. And I you know, that kind of leads me to have having a child, it, it brings some of the things in yourself that um some of the things that may not be the best you know what i'm saying when i say mm-hmm. bring it out like it makes you face yourself you know mm-hmm. not necessarily like you bring it out and, and, and lashing out against your, your child not that's not what i mean but it, it makes you face certain things about yourself that may not be the best you know um and and you have that in your in your in, in a section of the book and you say you say um I wish I could shield you from the ugliness of the world, my ugliness, past and present, 
through any mistakes I've made and will make. I hope you know nothing will ever change about, uh, about my love and what I will do for you to make you as happy as possible. But, but it, it is real, man. Like you think about, I think about myself a lot, like the negative things, the positive things, you know, I, I, I say I'm a very impatient person. I can be very impatient. And, uh, my, and I know a lot of times, man, my wife would check me. I'll be trying to have a conversation with her and he's there and he's just screaming and he, 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 he raises the volume on purpose. Like, because he's like, <laughs> give me the attention, you know? And so yeah. I, I'm like, I'm still trying to talk and get my point across. Right. And, you know, wife would be like, things are different now. We got to make the adjustment. You know what I'm saying? We got to make the adjustment. Mm -hmm. We can't just, and then, so that's an example or like he may be trying to get my attention and I'm focused on something and he's trying to get my attention. And I'm like, just being impatient with him mm -hmm. and in the moment it's like oh it's no big deal he'll be fine but it but you know i think about some of those things like what else am i what may i be doing i may not realize it and right, how it right. could be affecting them you know what i'm saying it could be affected so so that's just a little example just being impatient but there are a lot of things that we you know i recognize about myself that i'm like well i have to change that or wow i never thought about that as being negative or or the ugly like you say the ugliness that mm -hmm. you've experienced with yourself in the past and the present, but talk about that part of it, man. Like what, the, when did you come to that realization? Like, I don't know, man. Like, like you said, it's just, you know, when you have your son or when they're pregnant, like you kind of, like you said, face yourself in the mirror because you know that the way you do things is going to have an effect on, you know, your child. And so, it was really just one of them things, man, with, with everything, man, just, uh, man, it's hard to answer that question, man. I ain't not going to hold you up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Dealing with, you know, your flaws and, um, and like, we're lucky. You and I are lucky. Not everyone, um, are as blessed as we are where we have significant others that, Tell us what's going on. Right, right. Just like you said with your wife, letting you know what, you know, not what you're doing wrong necessarily, but just what you may need to adjust. Yeah, just get checking you. Like, just yeah, checking you yeah, in love. Exactly, man. So it's, it's, it's definitely beneficial having someone, which I point out in the book as well, mm -hmm. like that who you're having your child with is – I mean, ridiculously important. I yeah. mean, I mean, it is huge. I mean, just just by the simple fact of what you just said about your wife, you know, checking you in love. Um, and then me and my girlfriend, like we, I mean, we both get impatient, you know, as far as with our son. There's times when she's just like, man, I'm over it. Like, mm -hmm. you you got him. <laughs> mm -hmm. You got him. Like, and same thing with me, where I'm like, hey, or she'll see that I'm getting like frustrated. And she'll see that, like, all right, he's about to get in trouble by daddy. So yep. she'll be like, hey, come on, Kai, like, come talk with mom. Let's, you know. Um, but, no, we're very extremely, like, blessed that we have somebody to help us through, like, our flaws, our ugliness, you know, that we've had. It's just that I think that we we want to be Superman to our kids, mm -hmm. you know, and – we're just human beings that we're going to make mistakes um, as before pregnancy, during pregnancy, after they're born, just continuously, just because, again, we're human. It's no mm -hmm. different. And I don't know about your upbringing, but 
like my stepfather and my father, the way they raised me was probably a product of how they were raised mm-hmm. or not raised by if they had a, a man in their life. Mm-hmm. And I don't, me being a father now, I can really look at them and say, I'm not mad at them for how they did things because that's the way that they were brought up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, total sense. And so it's just one of them things, man, where it's just, and that's why I just try to put in the book, man, like as far as, you know, my ugliness, past and present, that no matter what, though, that like he knows, like I still love him. Like I'm going to make mistakes. I'm human. And he needs to know that, like that he's not perfect either. Right. You know, that he's going to make mistakes. And so that, hey, forgive me <laughs> down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, the, the same thing can be said. I mean, cause we, we probably all have things from our past, um, from mother, father, whoever might have raised us that may have hurt us, something that we could held on to, um, felt some type of way. Like, why did my mom do this? Why did my dad do this? And, but now being older, but really now being a parent, I understand not saying it was right, wrong, indifferent of what they did or didn't do, but, but now I can understand because this is a hard job. Yeah. This is a hard thing. Like it's hard. It's hard enough just having your own life. Now you add in a whole nother just personality that again, like you were saying earlier, that isn't like fully formed mm-hmm. at obviously certain stages. Mm-hmm that makes it more difficult. And, you know, and we were, you know, fortunate enough to have a kid that is generally healthy. Mm-hmm. That's not even, you know, there's parents that have kids that aren't in the best like health right, or right. circumstances or conditions. And so imagine how that, could be you know those circumstances could pull on you emotionally mentally and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. and like so i really like tip my hat to any parent that has to um has to navigate those waters you know in different circumstances you know yeah no i mean that's important what you you said about just um being honest about the flaws and and um making sure that he knows that he's not perfect and that he's going to be flawed, but it's okay. And I think, you know, it's okay. And, and, and how do you work through that and, and, um, and get better and learn from it? Like, you know, that's part of my film that I made, uh, Sincerely Brenda, mm-hmm. man, it deals a lot with, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the parent child relationship, but it's the, mm-hmm. the things, the sins of the parent, right? It's not about what's on the surface, right? On the surface, you're watching, you're like, okay, this parent shouldn't have made this decision and messed up their kid, the kid. But it's like, no, why did this, why did the, why? the yeah. parent make this decision? Like mm-hmm. what shaped them, right? Right. And then, right. And, and the film is like, the, the lesson in it is like, if you hold on to these things and you don't face them and then, forgive yourself, forgive whoever it was, and then actually come to terms with it and share it. Like you, you pass that down to the next generation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and so now they're dealing with issues silently or they're, they're dealing with it um, violently or, you mm-hmm. know, uh, hurting other people. And so it's important to, 
to just be honest with yourself you know, so and face those things that we don't like about ourselves and just and, and be honest and, and try to use it to help our child to to you know what they may face so they know right. hey he's not perfect daddy is impatient and that is working right. so if you right. Right. then you know we're gonna have to work on that but you're not i'm not gonna sit here and act like i'm not or i'm not gonna you know deny some of these things because it's just not good you're passing it down to the next generation man absolutely and you know what is with me writing the book i didn't i didn't think too deep into it but while i was writing the book and, and there are certain parts obviously um and after i wrote it i realized how therapeutic it was for me you know um you know, I didn't give like details of certain things that, you know, I was maybe ashamed of or, you know, um, things that, like I said, my ugliness, you know, um, so on and so forth. But it was therapeutic for me even to put that to type it out and think about those things. And um, yeah, so, it was, you know, it was definitely, you know, helpful for me. And hopefully like that helped me as far as with just communicating with Kai and um, helping us so we can build our relationship, like breaking down those barriers, breaking down my own barriers so that there's none or very little that is stopping me from, you know, raising him the best I can. Yeah, man. No, man, I'm, look, man, I, I, people listening to this podcast, especially if you're um, a father, you know, um, you need to get this book. If you're thinking about being a father, if you're thinking about being parents, here, this is just for, for mothers and fathers. But yes, it's definitely focused on black fatherhood. Like I think as a man, as as uh, if you are a father already, you get this book because you're, you're going to feel like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. Okay, there's other fathers going through this. If you're not a father yet and you're thinking about being a father, this is a great book to give you the real deal. Like on, look, this is what you experience. You know, it's not easy. I I, I wish I had had this before I had my son. It's funny because <laughs> I'm like, man, I would somebody, you know, some of these things wouldn't be coming as a surprise to me <laughs> right. in the first two years. But no, it's really, man, this is a brilliant book, bro. Like um, I enjoyed it. Um, and I mean, it's really inspired me. It's made me feel better as a father. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and uh, I appreciate you for, that's the thing, man. I think a lot of times we have these ideas and we talk ourselves out of it. Mm -hmm. you know? and, um, and, and you don't know who, and for those of you listening, if you have an idea, like again, you could be a filmmaker, you, you, you could be wanting to write a book, you know, whatever, like you don't know who is gonna help. So mm -hmm. if, if, yeah. if you give if the ideas in your spirit, like you need to execute on that idea because right, you absolutely. don't know who is going to help. And so I'm glad, man, I thank you for just sticking with it, you know, and, and, and finishing it. this book, man. And um, is there anything else, man, you want to tell to the people? Well, first, yeah. Well, first, anything else you want to add, but then we're also going to find out where they can buy the book. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to post a link in the show notes and everything and on my page, but um Anything else you want to share with the people? Uh, real quick, when you were just talking about like fathers, mothers can, you know, read the book. One of the best compliments I had that really, you know, made me feel good about the book early on when like, you know, um, when I was del out delivering books and people were buying them and stuff 
um, was that a mother, she has like three kids, I believe. Like, I think the oldest might be around like 12 years old or such. And she read it, like she, she loved the book. And she said like how, like she was able to pick up some things that help her, like could help her right now with just, you know, raising her kids. Mm-hmm. And that meant a lot to me because it just meant that it, you know, it went behind, beyond like fatherhood mm-hmm. and it connected, well, not went beyond fatherhood. It just connected with a mother right, that has right. more experience than me. And it's not that I know everything or anything because I don't, you know, at all. But it felt good that, you know, a mother could connect with the book and pick up something from it as well. And so, you know, I definitely, you know, encourage um, anyone, uh, mother or father, if if you haven't had kids yet, whether you're thinking about having kids or not, like, it's good to still just give it a read so you, that you have an idea. Like, yeah, you can watch movies or watch television shows and see how things might be with the baby. You can watch your friends on Facebook, post pictures and look cool. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, like. Being in the trenches is something different, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the, the, like I said, the beautiful times and the, the times when it's, like I said, 3.30 in the morning when, you know, you got to get, like I said, I had to get in the shower with Kai at 3.30 in the morning. Like, he peed all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you don't, you know, you don't see those, you know, you don't see those things necessarily on the movies or television shows or your mm-hmm. friends might tell you about and so on and so forth that, and yeah, and you might have just went to sleep. I mean, this is going back to what you were talking about earlier as far as, you know, we have significant others and time is super precious. Mm -hmm. So we got time with the family, maybe in the evening, kid goes down to sleep. Then what do you do? Do you clean the kitchen or do you sit down and watch a show with, you know, with your lady? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys just sit there and read a book? Do you work on your project, you know, Mm -hmm. projects you might have going on? Mm -hmm. And so yeah i was trying to straddle that fence all the time like all right fine let me you know not that i didn't want to i wanted to but sit down and watch a movie with my lady you know or watch a television show with my lady but now it's getting late now it's 10 30 11 o'clock but i still got work i didn't want to get done right right when i was writing the book mm-hmm. she didn't even know that i was writing the book until i was pretty much done I was pretty much done. She had, she helped me like edit a whole bunch of stuff at the end of the process. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she'll go upstairs, go to sleep. And I'm on my laptop, like typing out and, you know, writing the book, but then and go up to bed around 12, 31 o'clock. But then at that time at one twenty, my son's waking up for some milk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, yep. I just fall asleep for 10 minutes and here he is. So, you know, definitely, you know, encourage everyone to, you know, read the book is definitely uh i think can be beneficial to a lot of people teenagers young adults old adults it don't matter yes sir yes sir the book is called black fatherhood my first two years with kai you can find it on amazon um anywhere else they can find the book yeah straight from my website man yes keithtate.com yes keithtate.com or if they see me in traffic man i got them in my trunk too that's right, man. That's right. <laughs> no, for real. You all listen to this podcast. Definitely go out and support Keith. Get the book. You're going to enjoy the book. Um, I'll put the links and everything in the show notes. It'll be on my social media as well. 
Keith, brother, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time out. This is history. You're the first non-filmmaker on the show. You know. <laughs> nice, man. I appreciate that, man. That's dope, man. That's dope. Oh, man, no problem, man. It's my pleasure, man. I really, like I said, I enjoy the book. Um, and, you know, everybody, we're going to do this again. We're going to have, you know, people on that might not be filmmakers, but they definitely have something to contribute to the culture. And that's going to contribute to you um, just being better and well-rounded. That's what it's about. You know, again, life beyond the lens. It's like the things that we go through, the things that we do that make us better artists. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, if we can't, you know, if, if, if our family's not together, you know, if our health's not together, the projects ain't gonna be the best. You know, if you're making a film and, and you got issues yeah. at home, yeah. ain't focus, you know what I'm saying? And so this is like what, what inspired me so much, you know, about this, cause I learned some things, you know, from reading this book and just from talking with you, Keith, man. So I appreciate your time, brother. Um, And uh, all right, everybody, hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll see you next week. <laughs>